Coming up today, Dwight Howard, one of the biggest names in basketball, looking for a new home. Could the NBL be where he lands? Alex Tui looking to make his NBA dream a reality. We talk about a massive game on Friday night. The Adelaide 36ers on the road tonight. And Trevor Gleeson, what happens next? That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is Thursday, November the 30th. The fever break is over. We are back tonight with the Breakers and the 36ers. I'm Jack Heverin alongside Pete Hawley. Hawley, nice to see you. It's been a while. It's been a good break. I mean, we talk about teams and, and players being refreshed. I think everybody's ready to go. We, whether you got away, whether you did whatever you had to do, and now we're just all systems go, ready to fire it up towards a, an unbelievable playoff series, I'm sure. Very nice overtime appearance by you on Tuesday as well. Four guards in your in your All NBL first team. That's got that's got a few people talking. To be honest, I found out uh, like an hour before we started to to go live, and then I was like, okay, well, my my original team, and I made the switch just from Anthony Lamb to Parker Jackson Cara. I thought that made sense, but uh, I do believe that the coaches and captains are going to vote based on a proper team. I don't think we're probably ever going to see five guards. I think we're going to see. The way it normally is structured, uh, and it's, to be honest, it's this is what we want to see. It's going to be the way the NBA is in, in a couple of years. EuroLeague's done it for 10 years, and I think they've had more forwards than guards uh, over the recent history. So um, the change needed to happen because too many players uh, missed out. And uh, let's just give it a couple of years, and if the coaches and captains don't do it, then we'll slap on the wrist and tell them to be better. Yeah, and change... Change is sometimes never popular. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, can you kind of, for those, and I said yesterday on the show that I might be a little bit slower to get going on this one than some others, but can you see why some people are a little bit disappointed, concerned, unhappy with it? Well, I think we kind of floated that on overtime between Copes and I have the same thing of the way that bigs play, the way that forwards play, and you look, especially a guy like Alan Williams who just rips down double-doubles and can put up yep. a 15 and 12 game and, and have a really monstrous performance. It's not as attractive as a guard who can put up 25, like Parker Jackson Cartwright, the way he goes about it, Jordan Crawford. Uh, and sometimes they get forgotten about it. The the reason I want to kind of settle all those thoughts from people and who are a bit skeptical of it is that it's still the coaches and captains who are voting for this. And I think when it comes to doing this, the sheet, the paper, and you get everybody's names, they will pick three guards or three forwards and two of the other position. I don't think there will ever be a situation where they end up voting for five guards because they know what they're voting for. They know they're voting for an all NBL uh, team uh, and it's not going to be completely lopsided. And I'm interested to see how the NBA works out with that as well uh, in a couple of years. That's in their new CBA, but it is the way forward. And uh, as I said, let's give it a couple of years. And uh, if the coaches and captains decide to just keep voting guards in, well, can we rip the power of them? I'm not sure if we can, but we'll figure it out. It's a very, very good point you raise. Hey, speaking of bigs, um, do you feel like we could fit Dwight Howard in the NBL somewhere? I'm surprised that he hadn't even looked at this earlier. I know there was the floating uh, once he, he moved away from the States that where he was going. I think the NBL was part of uh, the, the thought process there. Now that he's trying to get back to the NBA, and to be honest, I think like the guy like Tristan Thompson and the Cavs, and he's just playing a little spot minutes here and there, is what has made Dwight Howard even more come to the realization of oh, he could still play at that level and he can still play spot minutes. He's not going to be a 30-minute-a-game a guy, but like a guy like DeAndre Jordan steps in with, uh, Nikola Jokic out and puts up a massive game and that's Dwight Howard's ears pricking up being like, well, that could be me if I get an opportunity. The NBL has proven to get both youngsters ready and prepared for the NBA draft or go back to it or guys like Matthew Delvadova come in and get another shot at it. That is what the M- uh, the NBL is beautiful for. So if he wants to make that jump back, there's probably no better spot for him to land uh, somewhere in the NBL. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's the the big thing out of this is whether he lands in Australia or in Europe or in a Euro League situation potentially. I think the fact that it's a it's a genuine conversation now, not just one of those. Oh yeah, I might consider Australia. It's a genuine possibility for all of the reasons that you just said. I, I think speaks volumes about the league and its its ability to take people to where they want to get to. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's probably weighing up that thought of, okay, Euro League, is Euro League going to be a place that he can go and dominate and kind of flex his muscles and, and put up some significant numbers? And if he's still not sure about that Euro League style, I mean, we've seen the, a lot of Americans who come over here and, and it doesn't translate. So that's probably why he's thinking, maybe the NBL, I can come in and, and really showcase my stuff in a proven league that it, if you come in and, and do the right thing and the NBA eyes are going to be watching every game, whether it's for you or whether it's for the next stars or whether it's for anybody else, their eyes are on it. If you perform, then who knows what could happen. So I'd love to selfishly love to see it. There's a couple of teams that could use a big, so we'll see what happens. Give me one. I mean, the Breakers are the one that stands out, aren't they? They've been injured for a while and they're not afraid to go out there and make a move. And uh, I'm interested to know if that conversation has already happened, but there's a couple of other teams that... Look, you're going to sell out a lot of games too. Don't, don't get me wrong there. So if your season's struggling a little bit, bring in a guy like Dwight Howard and good things will happen. So from one player at, at almost at the end of his basketballing journey to one who's very much at the start of his, Alex Tui, one of the next stars, averaging a little over 10 points a game, four and a half rebounds, and roughly about 20 minutes. The, the suggestion when Tui signed as a next star, Pete, was that it was probably always going to be a two-year plan and that they were happy to play the long game. Part of decommitting was to do that. But there is some suggestion and some talk now that perhaps Alex Tui is reconsidering that and whether he nominates for this year's NBA draft. Yeah, and fair enough, to be honest. I think we all watching him and, and commentating him were thinking the same thing. But when Jalen Galloway went down and DJ Hogue was down, he stepped into it and, and didn't miss a beat for a rookie was unbelievable. And the numbers aren't going to be as flashy as maybe some of the other next stars put up at times. But defensively as a two-way player, that's going to be really attractive to those NBA eyes. And uh, I think he's going to continue to get better and better. I wouldn't be surprised if that decision will come down to when Sydney's at full strength, probably now after this FIBA break with Galloway back with a bit of a log jam in that spot, how he goes uh, trying to navigate those minutes in in that position. He's done nothing wrong to deserve less minutes. Uh, He should be a stable piece of this Sydney team going forward. Uh, but I think Andrew Brogan said it on his podcast first was about, um, okay, well, if, if he wants to go next year, then it's something he's got to really consider. And he's in a perfect position where he's bouncing off Bogut. Bogut talks to NBA teams. Bogut has that connection. And you kind of go back and forth and say, when the time comes, what's the best decision for myself? Is it another year here in Sydney where I'm a definite starter playing 30 minutes a game after a year in the NBL? Maybe, but... If you're starting to look and you're in the top in the first round of the NBA draft, then you probably just have to pull the trigger. You talk to all the right people as well. Uh, do you do you think and do you get the sense that the feeling is that he's ready or will be ready by the end of the season? I do. I really think he is in a perfect situation in Sydney. Um, what he does have to weigh up is that whole okay, even if he sees himself in that first round draft boards, is that enough to to be enticing? Or does he have his eyes on even higher in the draft of a lottery pick type thing if he has another year? Because you could see Sydney's roster, okay, next year, Mark Wood and um, Chris Pongrass saying, he shocked us a little bit this year with how well he could impact a game as a rookie. He's our starting, he's our starter going forward. He's going to play 30 to 35 minutes a game for an entire season. That and he continues with the trajectory he is, all of a sudden you're looking at the following year as a lottery pick. So that's the hardest decision to have to weigh up. But once you get your name called out, that's when the true work starts. It doesn't matter whether it's one or it doesn't matter whether it's 60. That's when the work starts. 
He'll be involved in a game on Friday night. The Ty Webster said on WA Radio yesterday is the biggest show in town. Perth and Sydney on Friday night, unless you've been living under a rock in the last six or seven years, you know that these two teams hate each other with a passion. It runs from the top all the way down. Um, but all of that aside, Pete, this is just a damn big game for both teams. Yeah, I love this matchup. You're right. There's always been a lot of chirp back and forth. There's a lot of chirp on Twitter all all week leading up to it. There's tweets during the game that we get to sit back and enjoy. But this is a game where I'm very interested to see how Perth go after this fever break. They had all the momentum going into the break. Can they pick up where they left off and continue this road? They've had the five-game win streak. I mean, they beat Melbourne United in overtime. But some of the other wins they were probably expected to win, even though they were playing poor. So this is one of their... First real true test other than that Melbourne game of how they're going to perform. And then Sydney went into the fever break on the other foot where it was kind of like, okay, we were starting to roll. We, we had that slip up in Melbourne. How are we going to bounce back? And uh, if you're Sydney, there's no better place to go in and try and get a win and try and climb down the Red Army. And if you're Perth, you want to make sure you're sending the purple and gold back with a loss. So I cannot wait for this game. So if Perth win this one, That'll be that'll make it six in a row, and they've knocked off Melbourne and Sydney one and two in in their most recent games. Do we do we need to change, or do you change the way that you look at the Wildcats if they win tomorrow night? I still want to see it against those that top tier more consistently. That's the one thing that I think is just holding Perth back, and it's similar to the way we talk about Southeast Melbourne. They they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and then they come up against some teams who are, everyone's expecting to contend for a title, and they don't get the job done on a consistent basis. So. Uh, if they can do that over the next few weeks and continue to get the, the scalps like Melbourne, Sydney, Tassie, those teams who are going to be really up the top, then you 100% you realise Perth has figured it all out. But they're flying right now. Bryce is playing at a high level. And Christian Doolittle, I don't think, is getting enough credit for the way that he's performed uh, sliding down to the three. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in a matchup. And maybe he's the one who has to try and limit Jalen Adams if Jalen Adams gets rolling. Let's call a spade a spade here for the Adelaide 36ers. There is no easy way to get from Adelaide to Wellington to Tasmania. That is that is the task ahead of the 36ers. This weekend, they play in Wellington at Wolfbrook Arena. There was no direct flight from Adelaide, so they've had to do this the hard way. Then they've got to get to Tassie. They have, they've copped a tough one in their first weekend back, and Jason Gaddy spoke about that to Channel 10 yesterday. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, but again, if, if you go into it with the mindset of like, this is a bit of chaos and, and you kind of embrace it and you do everything you have to do beforehand, there's ways you can get through it and, and probably get through in a better mindset than just, just sliding through. And I think that's the way that Adelaide will prepare. You leave a couple of days earlier, you try and catch up on some sleep here or there where you can, you probably go a little bit lighter uh, on the court uh, or a little bit more to try and get a sweat up. So Teams have been through similar things. I mean, we played in Invercargill. Uh, I remember that yeah. a few years ago. We left a couple of days earlier so we could just stay in Queenstown, one of the most beautiful places in the world. We enjoyed that. We recovered. Then we took the trek down to Invercargill in the cars, and then we played down there. So sometimes you just have to be dealt with these cards. It's the way you kind of play with them. And I think Adelaide, once you get through the initial shock of here's the itinerary of the travel, this is crap, I don't want to do this. So, okay, this is what it is. Let's try and have some fun, whether it's we're bonding here in the airport, whether it's we're doing this, we're getting, catching some sleep. Let's make the most of it. And all of a sudden, you kind of buy into this chaos can be joyful and you go out there and you get wins. It doesn't matter how you travel. You, you take some sleepless nights to get two wins and continue your road up the ladder. Let's finish off with Trevor Gleeson. He is, the no doubt, the hottest name in terms of coaching availability right now. 
spoke to the Dribble podcast yesterday, said that he hasn't had any formal inquiries from the Illawarra Hawks, despite rumours that are getting around at the moment. And I thought one of the, the lines in the podcast, Pete, was probably the most interesting, where Trev kind of alluded to the fact that he thinks his next adventure will probably be overseas. It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, you look at a guy of Trevor Gleeson's calibre, if he wants, he's got the pick of the litter of where he wants to go. And he, he's probably in a unique position where he can say, okay, I'm going to have enough offers overseas to explore that first. And maybe what I want is a certain team in the NBL that whatever coach is there when that 10 years up, then that's when my phone rings. And when you've got that kind of pedigree, when you've got that resume that Trev has, all of a sudden that check comes through with a blank number and you say, okay, this is my dream scenario right now. Whether it's Perth, whether it's somewhere else that he wants to kind of take over and kind of get back to that level, um, I'm interested to know where that is. But I think that's the luxury that he has when you're a coach of his caliber uh, of, okay, I might have a couple of teams in my mind. When they come calling and it's the right time, I'm going to get what I want because he deserves every bit of it and he's going to end up there and maybe carve out another unbelievable tenure, whatever team that's in. And then in the meantime, cash that money from overseas. Got to, that's that's the whole beauty of it. You win championships, you get paid. You never say never. Just keep your eyes on things, I reckon, between now and the back end of the season. It'll be very, very interesting to see how it plays out. Halls, thank you very much. We'll hear you across the weekend. And gee, it's good to be back. Can't wait, mate. Thank you.